speaking of God's word, God will be speaking to us today, church, through the gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 41 through 58. John, chapter 6, verses 41 through 58. When you have it, please say amen. And it reads, The Jews then complained about him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. May God bless the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy and divine word. Remain standing and pray with me. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word today. We thank you for the power of the cross. We thank you, Father God, that you have given us eternal life through the Son, through your Son, Jesus, who spilled his blood. And Father, we never ever want to take it for granted, Father, such a wonderful sacrifice. We never want to forget. So I pray today that you would remind us in a very fresh way of the sacrifice and the deep love that you have for us. Those of us, Lord, who have been transformed by your amazing grace, today, by the end of this message, will feel more of a fond appreciation. And those, Father God, who may not know you as Savior and Lord, today, at the conclusion of this message, they will come to see, like we do, the wonderful love and grace of God. Father, use my lips, use my mind, use my thoughts, 
Father God, drive them toward your perfect will that the words that I speak may be fully inspired by the Holy Ghost. And Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come right on in. Have a seat. I apologize. I had forgotten to mention the fact that, uh, that we have a new, uh, a new member in the house. Amen. And her name is Arya Corbin. Amen. And uh, she is such a beautiful baby. I had the opportunity to go and uh, see her. She is absolutely gorgeous. And uh, Brother Walter, he's going to have some work to do to watch over those girls. He got some, some lovely girls. And so uh, we just thank the Lord uh, for their daughter. We thank the Lord that the birth and everything went perfectly well. Uh, Crystal is at home. She's resting. So continue to keep her in our prayers as she uh, battled back uh, to uh, continue on the, the mission of making a difference for Christ. Amen. Amen. Um, this morning, we're starting a brand new series, uh, and it's entitled The Controversial Christ. The Controversial Christ. It's, I love this time of year because it's an opportunity for us as Christians. The Easter is like the Super Bowl is to football. It's, the, it's a real big deal because we get to brag and we get to boast about Christ. And how many know that Christ is a controversial figure today? He was back then, even though there have been millions of people that have come to know him as, as Lord and as Savior. People's lives have been transformed. We're here today because your life has been transformed. But just as it was back then, Jesus is still controversial today. And the question, and it's amazing because when you think about this time of year, this is normally around the time when you see scores of advertisement and television shows, documentaries. They're trying to discredit uh, Christ. They're trying to discredit his power, his resurrection. They're trying to discredit the mission of Jesus Christ. And, of course, they're trying to discredit him. But how many know that, that there is no power greater than Jesus? He will reign and he continues to reign. But I think it's important that, that all of us understand why was Jesus controversial? Because we know that whenever you really preach the gospel, the gospel message in and of itself can be very offensive. And not, you're not even trying to be offensive. The message of the gospel, even though it's a powerful message and it saves people, but how many know that when you share with some folk, not everybody get excited about your Jesus? Some people, get, some people get downright indignant. They get upset. They don't want you to talk about him. And of course, we're standing back thinking to ourselves, well, why don't you? I mean, he's, he saved my life. He is a, he's, he's a wonderful savior. He's done great things. He keep on doing amazing things. What is the problem with Jesus? Well, Jesus is controversial because he comes into a world that has been arranged in darkness. And Jesus said that, that men love darkness rather than light. And because men don't want to give up their sin. Come on, somebody, help me preach. Because men don't want to change their lives, Jesus comes on the scene and he starts preaching a gospel that, that, that just smacks them right in the face. 
And people don't want to hear that, and people get bothered about that because the gospel message, it strikes at the core of who you are. It, I mean, you cannot deny the power of Christ. You have to do something with Christ. You cannot just ignore him. He's just not going to go away. You know, people can say what they want to say. Do You can burn how many Bibles you want to burn. Don't matter. The heaven and earth will pass away, but he's still going to rule. He's still going to reign. And since 2,000 years since he's been gone, how many know he is still kicking strong today? He is still changing lives today. All of history has been set on Jesus Christ. A.D., B.C., amen? amen? He is here reigning over the affairs of men. And so when we talk about the controversy of Jesus Christ, by which none of us are strangers to, because if you are a preacher of the gospel, how many of you are preachers of the gospel? You know, a preacher of the gospel is just somebody who go and share it. You don't have to stand back here to preach. Uh, your pulpit is at the ear of every unbeliever. Y'all know that, right? That's where your pulpit is. But you know when you're a preacher of the gospel, you become controversial. You, you get on people's nerves, not because you're trying. But Jesus was controversial. And, and I've come to a place where I realize it's okay. Because he said in this world, you're going to experience some tribulation. He said, they hated me. Guess what? They're going to hate you too. Because you're sharing his words. But what do you do in the face of all that? Because you got to understand that Jesus knew. He knew when he came into the world, he knew that he was coming in to do some damage. He knew that in order for men to come to know Christ, how many know he had to rearrange some things? He had to pull up some stuff that is not right. So I want you to turn with me as we dig into this this morning. Turn with me to Matthew chapter number 10. In your Bibles, Matthew chapter number 10. And we're going to start reading in verses number 34 down through verse 37. When you get there, you can say amen. amen. <laughs> I want you to remember what I said at the beginning of the message. That Christ is controversial. And Christ always made some statements that would make you go, what? Ooh. What did you mean by that? Did, did I hear what I just heard? Such is one of the passages we're going to read right now. Are you there? Say amen again. Amen. Jesus said, do not think that I come to bring peace on earth. Oh, wait a minute, Pastor. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought Jesus was the Prince of Peace. <laughs> I thought Jesus was... Uh, you know, he came, he said, we're to preach peace to the world, peace to the nation. But here there seems to be some contradiction. Let me hasten to say before anybody get any ideas, there are no contradictions in the word. There's just a lack of knowledge and understanding. So Jesus said, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. Now, everybody say context. Context is very important here. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Whoa. He said, I didn't come to bring peace. Oh, this is going to get good. Y'all saying with me? He said, I did not come to bring peace. I came with a sword. I came to cut up some stuff. I come to get up in your grill. I come to go in your backyard. I come to trespass on your property. Dare you call the police on me. I've come. I didn't come to bring peace. I, I came with a sword. Now watch. Let's keep reading what he says. 
Verse 85, he said, for I come to set a man against his father. Oh, wait a minute. This is just too much. I want you to hear this because we just had a men's conference yesterday. Amen, men? Amen. I mean, fathers, you know, we. But look what Jesus is saying here. I've come to set a man against his father. Watch this. And a daughter against her mother. Now, some of you right now, you're really confused right now because you're saying, Pastor, you got to help me with this. And a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And watch this. this. Watch what else he says. And a man's enemy will be those of his own household. Mm. Now, now, now you, you, that's, pretty, that's pretty deep right there. But, but, but how many know Jesus, he knows how to keep it up, don't he? Just in case you didn't get him, let's, let's continue. He says, now, he who loves father or mother more than me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. And he who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Now, let's, let's work with this. Now, understand something that Jesus is doing now. Jesus knew that, that he would be controversial coming into a dark world, a world that has been set up against him because of the influence of the enemy. So he knows that he's coming into a dark world and that as he begins to proclaim who he is, because he is the son of God, amen? He is the Messiah. He is the savior of the world. He is God incarnate. The Bible said that all the fullness of God dwells in Jesus Christ in bodily form. He is God in flesh. So he knows that coming into an environment where people, where he's telling them now that basically, here's what he's saying, that you can't love nobody more than me. Now, you've got to deal with this. I want you to put yourself there for a moment. Suppose you was right there, you was kind of in the audience, and you heard somebody come up and say, look, if you don't love your mother and father more than me, you ain't worthy of me. You've got to love me more than you love everybody else. How many know that might create some controversy? I don't know about you, but I might be looking at him like, who do you think you are? But Jesus, why do you go right to the relationship thing? I mean, God, I mean, Jesus could have used some other verbiage, right? I mean, he goes right to the core of the most important things. You're talking about, my, you know, when I grew up, you talk about my mama, you got hurt. Especially my mama. I might do something with my dad, but mama, I just, the mama thing, you know, you just don't mess with mama. But Jesus said, Jesus said, watch this. He said, now, now I'm coming to preach. And what I have for you supersedes every other relationship that you have. Every one of them. So listen, it's not that he don't want you to love your mother and your father. Say amen. amen. It's not that he don't want you to love other people. Say amen again. Amen. He's saying that when it comes to me, when you got to make a choice between me and them, you choose me every single time. Oh, my God. He said that I am 
more important than any other relationship in your life. Now, you got to understand, he qualifies to say that. Because the Bible says in Colossians 1 that by him all things are held together by the word of his power. He created all things. He gave us everything. And the problem with men today is that we worship the thing rather than worshiping the creator. And so Jesus comes into an environment, and yes, he's going to be controversial because he has to be controversial because the problem is not with him. The problem is with who? Us. So the problem with sin in the world today, the, pro the reason why we have so much trouble, we have so many problems, so much sickness, here's why it is, is because we have not put him first. We have been, we've separated ourselves from him. And he's saying, look, I've come to fix you, but here's what you got to understand. You got to worship me. You can't love nobody more than me. He said, he said, in fact, if you love your mother and your father more than me, you ain't worthy of me. You ain't even worth. He said, if, in fact, if you don't take up your cross and follow me, forget it. He will not be second. He cannot be second because of his nature. He can't. He's God. He cannot. How I many know that's controversy? And so they're hearing this. And they're thinking to themselves, my goodness, where did this guy come from saying all of this? Look at the neighbor and say he came to bring division. Yeah, he came to bring the vision. Now, let me know that, that, that Jesus goes a little bit deeper. I'm going to take you a little deeper. Is that okay? Look at John chapter 6. Come on, run over to John chapter 6. Now, we're building on something here because what you got to understand is that Jesus had to say what he said. Amen? Because he had this second record straight. Because how many know that some of you, y'all know what I'm talking about, some of you has decided to follow Christ and not everybody got happy about it. Amen. And you got to understand when you decide to make a decision for Christ, you got to let people go. Right. If they don't like you, they don't want to deal with you, if they get mad at you because you love the Lord, so be it. Amen. I love you, but I don't love you that much. Ah, uh, Come on. You don't have no co co control over my destiny. The Bible says, fear him who has power to put you into hell. Amen. Oh, come on, somebody. Amen. Oh, gosh. Now watch. Watch what he says here. Look at John chapter 6. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know where to start with this. This is just so incredible. So Jesus now, remember, we're talking about the controversial Jesus. He comes in and he makes these statements. Understand, Jesus is not making statements just to be controversial for controversial sake. I mean, I said at the beginning, the truth will be offensive. Right. The truth sometimes, people will look at you and think you're arrogant. Right. Truth will make people not want to necessarily deal with you, but truth in the end will win out. So you got to stay with truth. Right. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you what? Right. So you got to stay with the truth. I'm committed to truth. You can say what you want to say. You can think what you want to think about me, but I'm committed to truth. I cannot change. And if it offends you, I don't mean to offend you, but you got to understand it is what it is. <laughs> he says, look at Jesus. So Jesus now, the disciples are in, Jesus kind of having this little back and forth with the disciples, you know, this little back and forth. They're arguing with him. You know, Jesus is basically coming in. He's making all these controversial statements. And one of the things that they says in John chapter 6, you got to remember, some of them are like confused because 
Jesus starts saying stuff like, I came from heaven. And their thought process was like, wait, wait, a, minute, wait, wait a minute, I, I grew up with you. We used to ride the tricycle together, remember? Uh, we used to run track together. We played football together. Y'all know what I'm saying. I'm modernizing. You, you follow what I'm saying? And, and, and so Jesus said, I'm, I'm that bread that came down from heaven. Because they start saying to Jesus, they said, well, if you're really the son, if you're really who you claim to be, Moses gave us a sign. Moses at least gave me, he gave, we ate the manna. God brought manna from heaven. Jesus said, well, I am the bread of life. He said, I am the bread of life. I'm it. And but then, but Jesus could have, he could have kind of left it there and just left it alone, but he did not. I mean, Jesus just kept stirring up stuff. But look what he says in verse 53. This, this is just, this is amazing. Uh, in verse 53, he says this in John chapter 6. You there say amen. amen. Jesus said to them, most assuredly, <laughs> I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Now stop. I want you to act like you're there listening to him for the first time. And you heard this. What would you think? You'd be like, I didn't hear that right. Nah, he, nah, I just, did you hear that? Nah, that was just a mis misquote. Nah, it's just a problem with the tape. Round it back. Nah, that's, that's not it. Okay. Well, let's see what he says in verse 54. It's possible that we misunderstood him, right? I mean, because we ain't eating no, eat no flesh and drinking no blood here. I mean, I could not have possibly heard that. No way that he would say such a thing. Well, Verse 54, whoever eats my flesh, and he says it a little bit louder, and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Okay, okay, now, now, now we just heard that. Now something is up with this guy. Well, somebody go talk to him. Maybe Jesus, Jesus, did you, did you, did you stumble somehow? Jesus, do you, do you really understand what you're saying? I mean, you, I mean, obviously, maybe, maybe you had some bad pizza. Uh, you know, maybe you're just not doing well today, Jesus. So let's rethink this, okay? Because this is, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not getting this. Well, let's look at verse 55. Let's see if Jesus get healed. He says, for my flesh is food indeed. <laughs> And my blood is drank indeed. Now he's deep in it. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me. Mm, mm, mm. And as the living father sent me, I live because of the father. So he feeds on me. He who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Now you got to understand that. You know, when you look at communion, for example, communion is a very sacred, sacramental thing. It's, 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 communion is, is holy, amen? It, it, it is when we, we identify with Christ. It, it, is, it is when we become one with him. It is because we have received him of our Savior. We have received his sacrifice. We have received all that he did for us. And when we take the sacraments, when we drink the blood, when we eat the bread, when we have communion, what we're doing is we are identifying with his divine nature in a very fresh way. Now, Jesus knew exactly what he was saying, but they weren't getting it. Well, Pastor, how can you say they weren't getting it? Well, let's keep reading. You still with me? Say amen. amen. Look at verse number 60. Now, watch this. 
Therefore, after Jesus started talking like this, many, everybody say many. many. Many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? In other words, here's what they're saying. Translation. He's crazy. He's out of the mind, and we ain't listening to that. <laughs> he, 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 has, he has gone way out there. Now, you think that Jesus at this point would try to say, hey, wait, 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 wait. Let me rephrase that. Jesus could have used some, some, more, some softer language, could he not? <laughs> he could have just, he, he just said, hey, look, I'm just, and, and what he does, he does later on in a couple of verses, he actually tells them, he said, the words I'm speaking to you are spirit. He tells them, he said, this is, this is the spirit, but they still did not get it. And Jesus knew that what he was saying would be controversial because he was talking to a people that was, that was fleshly, amen? They did not understand who he was. They did not understand the level of sacrifice that he was about to do for the sins of the entire world. And so Jesus, watch this. And so they say to him, they say, many of them said this, that it's a hard saying. Who can understand it? And then verse 61, when Jesus knew in himself, everybody say, Jesus knows. He knows. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, <laughs> he asked the question, does this offend you? <laughs> like, duh. <laughs> really? <laughs> Jesus says, does this offend you? I mean, really? Do, are you offended by what you just heard? Because he sees, he sees the complaining. He sees, he, he sees now. He can see the chatter. <laughs> he sees all of it. He said, what, did this bother you? Are you offended? Well, watch this. He said, what then if I should see, if I should see the Son of Man, if you should see the Son of Man, the sin where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The word that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. So Jesus, though controversial, he was speaking the what? Truth. But was it still controversial? Yes. Was Jesus being controversial for controversial sake? No. He was being controversial because he is light and darkness. And how many know light and darkness? They don't match. Amen. There's conflict. It's natural. Everybody say it's natural. Amen. But look at verse 64. Strange thing happened. But there are some of you who do not believe. Oh, oh, wait. I'm going to let y'all in on something. Y'all with me? Come on in, y'all. Jesus Jesus already knew that there were some folk that were hanging around who didn't really believe him. How many know that there are some folk that hang around that don't really believe Jesus? Amen. How many know there are some folk that go to church, they hang around, but they don't really believe Jesus? Amen. How many know there are some folk that are skeptical and they sit back and they just want to see, but they don't really believe? They won't commit. They won't commit to Christ. So Jesus knew exactly what was in them and he still said what he said the way that he said it. You know why he did that? Because watch this. Let's keep reading. Look at this. He says, verse 64, but there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the what? <laughs> who they were who did not believe. He knew who the fakers were, the pretenders were. And who would betray him? So not only he was speaking of Judas, but he was also, he said, some he knew of the others who did not believe. But then look what he says in verse 65. And he said, therefore, I say to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my father. Now, Jesus is making a point. Now, we're talking about, watch this, the controversy of Christ as it relates to salvation. So he says, no, he says this. So nobody can come to me. Look at the context. 
Nobody can come to me unless my father draws them. So it's like Jesus saying, you know what? Y'all going to believe what you want to believe. At the end of the day, my, my job is to preach. And, and I know some of y'all ain't going to be with me. Some of y'all not going to follow me. And do you not know that as soon as Jesus said that, guess what happens? Look at verse 6 to 4. 6 to 6. From that time, many, everybody say many, many. of his disciples went back. And they walked with him what? No more. They said, no, we ain't coming. We gone and we ain't coming back. <laughs> And Jesus said to the 12, what are you going to do? See, you got to like the 12. See, Jesus spent time with the 12. What are you? Are you going to be like the rest of them? Are you going to leave? Because the reality of it is, is this. They have to come through me to receive salvation, to receive healing. I am it. There is nothing else. I'm it. He said, many of them walked away. You know what, Je what you don't see is Jesus running behind them trying to catch them. Because there are people who ain't going to walk with God no matter what. And I know we, how many know that, that my heart bleeds? And, and our job is to preach. This will help you who preach and sometimes you get a little bit bothered because people won't respond. See, our job is, is not to change people's heart. Amen? Amen? Our job is to preach the gospel. Our job is to share the love of Christ. Our job is to let them know that if you want to get saved, you got to drink his blood and eat his flesh. <laughs> That's our job. And the results of that be what they made. They are what they are. But we better be doing our part. Say amen. amen. So watch this now. So many of them, they walk away, and he says to the 12, what are you going to do? But I love what Peter said. Peter said, what, what did Peter say? Peter said, oh, Lord, where should we go? <laughs> He said, you have the words of eternal life. In other words, those who were supposed to believe, they believed. And Jesus was chasing away the pretenders. And he let them go. Not because he didn't love him, but because they couldn't handle the truth. How I many know the people can't handle the truth today? They can't put their hands, they can't get their arms around it. And so when you speak truth, they struggle with it. But don't you shy away from telling the truth. Don't you ever back down from telling the truth. Even if the whole world is against you and you know that the world is against you. Unless you live on some other planet, if you're a Christian loving God, the world is against you. Understand that. Understand that. Now, look at this. Now, let's look at uh, John chapter, um, look at Matthew chapter 7. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to show you another verse. So, Jesus now, he's... He's driving this thing further. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 14. <laughs> he says, now enter by the narrow gate. Look at verse 13. Now, what's the narrow gate? The narrow gate is Christ. The narrow gate. Watch this now. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. So what he's saying now, the broad way is this. The broad way is anything goes. The broad way is all religions lead to Christ. The broad way is you have your way, I have my way, but we're all going to get there together. Let me tell you something that is not true because you still got to deal with John 14, 6, which we're going to get to in a minute. Because the reality of it is, is Jesus said, watch this. He says, if anybody narrow gate, and wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And how many people you say are going to go in? Many. So how many know the crowd, 
the crowd, many, how many know you're in the minority? Many want to go in the wide gate. Many want to go in in their own way, on their own terms. Many want to go, many want to go in just thinking that they can live, do whatever they want, and just think that they're going to get into heaven. Jesus said, no, no, the narrow way is what the pathway that I've described. He said, that's it. He said, ain't nobody narrow gate. He said, because the wide gate, a lot of people. See, for those of you who love to follow the crowd, you're going to be in trouble. You can't be a crowd lover and try to follow Jesus at the same time. So I'm going to get, let me, let me tell you something. If you're a people pleaser, you're going to have problems walking with Jesus. Yeah. If you're a people pleaser, if you, if you, if you got to have the affirmation of men, you can, this business ain't for that. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you ain't about the affirmation of men. You're about the affirmation of Christ, of God. That's all. That, at night, I lay my head down. I sleep well. If I know I said what God wanted me to say, I'm good. But pastor, I like that word you preach. God, were you okay with that? Yep, good. Good night. I'm out. Because I'm not looking for your affirmation. I thank you when you say pastor preached a good sermon, but you know at the end of the day, it really don't matter much to me. Because Paul said, woe be unto me if I don't preach. I got to preach anyway. So it don't matter whether you come pat me on the back or not. I already know I'm in the minority, and I'm cool with it. I'm cool. Look at the neighbor and say, are you cool with it? Look at neighbor again and say, you better. <laughs> but watch it. He says, because narrow is the gate. Watch this. And difficult is the way. Why is it difficult? It's not difficult because you have to work your way into heaven. How many of Jesus paid the price? He died. I mean, the beautiful thing about the good news is Jesus did it all. All to him I owe. He died, he bled, he paid the full price. I just got one little thing I got to do. Give him my life. And, and you know, giving your life means that you got to get up on that altar and give it up. Right. Giving your life ain't just saying, Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me, and then going back out and doing what you do. Giving your life means that you, you die, you die. That's the hard part. You got to die to yourself. That's difficult. Jesus says, if any man want to come after me, he must first deny himself, take up his cross, and do what? Follow me. That's difficult, isn't it? Because you're telling me that I got to kill me. <laughs> and uh, yes, you do. You got to kill you. Jesus said, if you want life, die. I know some of y'all say that's hard, Pastor. I'm just listening. You want me to say it easier for you? You want life, die. It's still the same thing. <laughs> if any man come out to me, lay down his life, get up on the altar. See, Jesus says, he said, difficult is that way. That's really hard. But here's what he says on top of it. He says, but few are going to find that. The majority, how many know the majority of people you live around, work around, they don't know Christ? But you should, like, you should not be, like, shocked. You should be like, well, that's what Jesus said. But to them that are supposed to believe, they're going to come in. Now, Jesus is not going to come back until everybody comes in that he wants to come in. Trust me. Everyone that belongs in the kingdom will come. But look at John 14, 6. Run there with me real quick. Run there. John 14, 6. We're almost done. John 14, 6. Actually, we're going to start reading in John 14, chapter 1. We're going to read up to verse 6 for continuity's sake. 
Are y'all still happy in the Lord? Amen. All right. Y'all keep doing that now. Keep saying amen. Because the Lord likes that. Now watch this. Remember, Jesus controversial, right? <laughs> he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Is anybody troubled in the house? He said, don't you be troubled. He said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. So why are you working so hard for the one down here? <laughs> he said, in my father's house, there are many. God got a hookup for you. God going to hook you up. Don't worry about what's down here. The things of this world pale in comparison to eternity. With God, the Bible says mind has not even been able to conceive what God has prepared for those who love him. How many of you do you how many of you love him? Amen. Amen. He said, in my father's house. See, every time I look at that, boy, I just get happy. He said, there are many mansions. He said, if it were not so, I would not have told you. So in other words, Jesus said, you can bank, but I tell you, you can bank on it. Jesus, Jesus don't lie. He don't know how to lie. He is the truth. We get to that here in a second. I'm jumping ahead of myself. And he said, now, if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm coming back for you. How many are ready for him to come back? I tell you what, I'm ready for him to come back. I mean, I'm like, now, now, look, get right now. Do what you need to do now because he's coming back soon. That's the truth. He's coming back. He said he's coming back. And verse 4, and where I go you know and the way you know. Now, here's Thomas. I like Thomas. Thomas. He's affectionately called Doubting Thomas in most biblical circles. But you got to, Thomas at least asked the question that everybody else probably was thinking. He said, Lord, we do not know where you're going. And how can we know the way? Lord, I don't know how to get to heaven. I don't know to get where you're going. How am I going to get there? How do I figure it out? Now watch what Jesus said. Jesus said this, another controversial statement. You ready for this? He said, I am the way. The truth. How many of that never gets old? See, if you get saved, you dance to that. That just never get old. Play that song, number one hit. I'm the way. <laughs> the truth and the life. He's, now, he didn't say I was a way. Contrary to popular thinking today. Do you not know that if Jesus walked the earth today and said what he said back then, it would probably been worse today. Because you know, you, know, you know what they say today, man, every, every road leads, man, you, you can't be disrespecting my religion. Who are you to tell me that your Jesus is the only way to heaven? Who are you to tell me? You ain't tell me that there's some, I mean, you're going to tell me that, 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 that my God and, and my way, you got the only way? Uh, yes, I do. And I get sick and tired of Christians trying to apologize for what Jesus said. Don't apologize. Preach the word. If the word say it, it settles it. Whether you agree with it or you don't. <laughs> the word is the word. I don't, get, I don't get flustered. I don't get bothered. I don't have a problem saying what God said because I know heaven and earth will pass away, but the word going to last. And they've been trying to discredit this word for how many years? Oh, my God. Since its inception. And they can't. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he says, watch this. No one. Now, I want you to hear that. He said, no one. He's talking about everybody. See, 
Philippians says that every knee will bow to him. Every tongue. Gonna, so the folk that's giving you a problem about your Jesus, all you got to do is just open your eyes and see. See them bowing to the king. Well, I know you're talking your junk now, ain't you? Yeah, you're talking now. But you're going to give it up. You're going to worship him one way or another. Oh, you're going to worship him. Oh, devil, you're going to worship. All everything got to bow to Jesus. All of heaven, everything got to bow to Jesus. <laughs> because he's Lord of all. Or like somebody said yesterday, he's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Take that to the bank. Amen. I, I stole Latin, but it's good, so it's not original, but <laughs> heard you at the conference yesterday was pretty good. I wish I could claim, but I can't. So, so Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. How <laughs> I many you know that's controversial today? And it's funny because you see them today, they ask people that question nowadays and and, and everybody want to try to hem and hum and dance around the issue. Well, you know, that's, you know, but that's, that's, that. oh, no, 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 no. Jesus said either he's a liar, a lunatic, or he's the truth. You got to deal with Jesus. What is he? We know he's not a liar. We know he's not a lunatic. And he said, if you want to get to heaven, if you want to see God, you got to come through me. There is no other way. That's it. You can't work your way in. You can't Buddhaism your way in. You can't Harry Krishna your way in. You can't Mohammed your way in. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. And yes, it was controversial. And yes, we will, and yes, the, the reality of it is, it, 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 it seemed like it's insensitive, but like we said before, the truth is the truth. And if you're not out there telling people that, then you're not keeping the truth. If you're letting people walk away thinking that it's okay to think that there's another way, then, 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 then you're not being faithful to the word. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. In closing, look at John chapter 10. You all read in John? John chapter 10. I know Jesus was controversial when it came to salvation. Next week, we're going to talk about the controversy of, because uh, the series is a controversy, the country. The controversial Jesus is the name of the series. And next week we'll be dealing with who he is and who he said he was. I mean, that's going to be fun because Jesus said some tough things about who he was. So y'all want to make sure you're here next week. It's going to run all the way up to Easter. Amen. So he says, now watch this. John chapter number 10. You there? Say amen. Jesus said, now most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbed up some other way, the same is a what? Now, he's talking about Jesus being the, the true shepherd, amen? He said, every other shepherd or so-called person who said they, got the way, they know the way to God, he says, they're thief and robber, I'm it. But he who entered the door is the shepherd of the sheep. How do you know that he's your shepherd? Amen. The Lord is my shepherd, what about you? Can you say that this morning? To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hears who voice? His voice. How many know you walk with God, you walk with, you hear his voice? Oh, you will hear him talk. Don't tell me you, you will. He said, my sheep hears my voice. My sheep, they know me. You've been walking with Jesus for 20 years and you still can't hear. What's wrong with you? 
He said, my sheep hears my voice. You may not even know all the theology, but when you hear something ain't right, you'd be like, mm, 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 nope, nope. I ain't used to that voice. Nope, that ain't it. Mm, 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 something ain't right with that. And he says in verse 4, and he brings out his sheep, and he goes before them, and sheep follow him, for they know his voice. You follow him because you know him. But look at verse number 7. Jesus said to them again. Now he's talking about the door. He says, I am, look at this. Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. And anybody who come after me who tried to say that they're the door, they're a thief and a robber and they're a liar. I mean, no, the devil is a liar. Jesus says, I am the door. I'm it. I know you've been, somebody told you, man, somebody said, you know what? You can get to heaven just by doing good. No, you can't. Because that's your door. That ain't his door. Oh, you can go to heaven, man, but that's giving a lot of money. No, that's your door. That ain't his door. Oh, if you don't break the law too many times, you can get in heaven. No, that's not his door. That's your door. Jesus said, I'm the door. You got to do it like I want. How many know he sets the rules? He said, I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, will be saved. That's it. This is, this is Jesus speaking to himself. And we'll go in and out and find pasture. But listen what he says in closing. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. People who won't receive Christ, they're, they're under the spirit of the Antichrist, the devil. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus come to give you life. He's come to, he come to fix you up. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed this morning. I am so glad that Jesus was controversial enough to come after me. I was, I'm so glad that he risked it all for me. And if you're listening this morning, nobody's moving, nobody is talking, please. I want the saints to pray right now. If you're listening this morning and you heard this message and maybe you've thought to yourself that, you know what, I, I got a way, I can get into heaven. I can get into heaven by doing well. I, can, I, I figured out a way I can do this. But you just realized through this message that the only way that you're going to get to heaven is that you've got to receive Christ. You've got to accept his sacrifice. You've got to lay down your life for him. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. John 3.16, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. No way that God would give his only begotten son to have people go around his son. No way that God would give his son and then say that there's another way to get in. That's contradictory. He says, God, so love the world that he gave his son. He died for you, that you might have life. You might have it more abundantly. He says, I'm the door, I'm the way. You've been searching, you've been hurting, you don't know what's been going on in your life, you've been trying to get answers. Jesus is saying today, I'm your answer, I'm here for you this morning. You say, Pastor, Pastor Gary, I, I, you know, I don't know where I'm going to go when I die. I, I'm not even sure, I don't have a clue. But I want you to understand something. First of all, you're here today, not by accident. There are no accidents in God. God has wooed you here by his spirit to speak to you because he loves you that much. And if you have not given your life to Jesus today, but you want to know that when you leave this building, because it's appointed on the man once to die, and after death comes judgment. You walk out of that door, you don't know Jesus as your savior. Hell is eternal, there is no coming back. 
Hell is real. And the hell is populated with people who sit in church services and refuse to give their life to Jesus when the man and woman of God called them to give their life to him. Don't you be one of them. Jesus died and loved you too much. He wants you to be a part of his eternal family. By raising your hand this morning, you're saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus today. I'm tired of running. I'm ready to do it today. I'm ready to give. I'm ready to go all the way with Jesus. If that's you, just really raise your hand. I want to pray with you and receive him today. Receive him today. Don't care who you are, where you've been. doesn't matter. This is between you and God. This has to do with your eternal destiny. He said, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart because you may not have tomorrow. You may not, tomorrow may not come for you. Today could be your day that you have to answer to your maker. Will you make a decision today for Jesus? Will you make a decision today for Jesus? If you don't know him, slip your hand up. Well, I want to pray with you. And you can know today, walking out of this room, that Jesus is your Savior. You can know it today like you know your name. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Is there one who said, Pastor, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. I'm ready to do it today. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. And Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that you were courageous for me. That you were courageous for me. That you suffered a violent death for everyone here who have given their lives over to you. Father, will you give us the courage in the face of temptation and danger to stand up for the truth no matter where we are. Yes, at times it gets hard. Yes, at times it gets challenging. But God, I pray that you would empower your people, Lord, to speak boldly the truth. If you want to be a bold uh, proclaimer of the gospel, just slip your hand up where you are. You, want, you just want the Lord to give you boldness. Just, just slip your hand up. You just want the Lord to give you boldness. For those who raise your hand, just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, help me to be bold in sharing my faith. Give me a courageous spirit, a tenacity spirit, a fighting spirit mixed with love. Use me, Father, even today, to share this gospel to someone who's lost. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If that word ministered to you this morning, come and give God a praise, if you will. Church, please stand. Give God some praise for the word that he blesses with today. Come on, church, let's stretch forth our hands towards heaven. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the word that you blesses with today. We thank you so much for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask you to please give each and every one of us the power, the boldness, by the power of your Holy Spirit to preach the good news to every ear, to every person that we come into contact, in our jobs, in our workplace, in our families. Please help us, Father. Give us the power. Give us the boldness, Lord. Give us the heart of Jesus to share the good news with somebody, with everybody. Lord, I ask you to please bless and keep each and every
and every one of us, Lord, throughout this week, all the way until we return right back here into your house of prayer. Lord, we love you and we bless your mighty name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.